0: Checking the connection. Awesome. It says we're live now. We're live. That's I mean, it took us two hours to get here. Two.
1: (laughs) Did it take Uh, us two hours? What time did you get here?
0: Well, I I mean, I got here shortly after seven. Yeah. It's now nine seventeen. Oh, right after. Okay. I think. I don't know. Whatever it was. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's been a night already. Yeah. So, (laughs) I mean, we had a lot of great intentions um we'll get there uh but you know either way we're still gonna have some fun we're live with uh va's uh instagram and it will eventually uh once it's all recorded and edited we'll we'll get it out on the outpost podcast
1: yeah it'll be out in just a couple of days at the most yeah like probably end of tomorrow either way uh (laughs)
0: because i don't have anything to do well you know what i'm happy for you in that case because Oh, my phone is streaming sideways, my wife is telling me via but, uh, but I mean even if it is, the thing that sucks is
1: we're too far away. We're too far away and then you get Or no, we're too close. Time. That's what it is. We're too close.
0: Well, they can listen to us. Yeah. Either way. It can be a talk. Thank you Elizabeth for letting me even <laughs> you even just put your wife's name even out over the world cyber. <laughs> even over cyberspace she's she's critiquing. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we're here, um, tonight, um, you know, Skip has is, is graciously allowed me to sort of pick the topic, a topic that's, um, I think per, perhaps, and I hope by the end of this episode for, you know, those that know us have an opportunity to understand us, um, when it comes to this topic and also see it from sort of a macro perspective, a bigger point of view. Uh, so that, and that is uh, the topic of legacy, and you know it has a lot of different uh, connotations, a lot of different applications. Um, you know, it can be about your core values, your faith, uh, your assets, of course, monetarily. What do you have? What legacy are you leaving yeah. there? Uh, it can be about your character or reputation, you know, what kind of life that you might you might lead. Um, and maybe it is an influence that you bring over others and help guide others futures whether that mm-hmm. be a mentor you know sometimes our legacy is not positive right there's no, it, it doesn't always lead in that direction um and there's a lot of people that have tackled this topic some of the best um you know we've all we all know who tony robbins is we've yeah. seen, we've seen him we heard we've heard of him um, you know, and just doing some research on this topic of my own, you know, he come up and, or he came up and he had some great, um, you know, points, uh, seven, I believe in particular on how to, how to really create that in life and in business in a positive way. Okay. Now, I mean, I think I would love to hear your perspective when I first brought that up to you, uh, that I was interested in sort of probing this topic of legacy, you know, uh, for those of you may be joining, uh, us for the first time, um, you know, Skip here is a, uh, is a veteran of our neighbors to the South. Um, uh, he has how many operational tours? Four. Four, yep. right? Four operational tours, um, in some of the worst places that people can go, um, comes from, uh a different, um, part of the world, yeah, but similar enough, you yeah. know, that when we come together, we can, we can have some great conversations and also bring in another perspective because, you know, they're, even though, you know, we're on Canadian soil here, we're talking about Canadian issues. Um, they they come up just more frequently because, uh, that's where Skip is currently living. I love the, uh, perspective you're able to bring to us from especially from an American military point of view and you know how often it it correlates Um, but anyway back to that question when I first said hey Skip do you mind if I direct this episode And, and the topic I wanted to to bring about was legacy yeah. What do you think of that? What do you think uh, where do you think I was going?
1: Well, first, that was like that was the first question I was like, all right, you got to tell me more about this, right? Cuz <laughs> I mean, it's just like you you talked about, it's it that's not like a simple thing, right? It it covers so much. Um but really, you know, I was the first thing that pops onto my mind when I think of legacy is like um the impact you leave on others after you're gone. Right. Like whether you're you've you've moved on from this world or job or role or what kind of, you know, what have you. But um, it's like the the impact that you leave behind, like just the like if if certain things are done a certain way because that's how you did them. Right. And that just carries on or um, the the impact that you have on somebody so much so that it helps them grow. Uh, to become better overall, then that's part of your legacy, right? In my opinion. Yeah. Um, now there's, again, there's a, a million different ways you could take it. Uh, but it, I don't know, at the end of the day, um, what's important to me about legacy is the fact that, uh, you know, what I can leave behind for one, my family, right? And I always want to make sure that, um, I've helped develop something just become better than what it was when I first got involved with it, right? Whatever that is, right? Yes. Um, that's the thing that I think of when I, when I hear the word legacy, yeah. right? Cause that, that text was a very, like, just, it was like, hey, I think about doing legacy. And then you were like, <laughs> like a good bro. You're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, yeah, man, let's, let's, let's do it. Let's see, see where, where you go for with it, it, man. man. Yeah. Yep.
0: And you know what, I, I bet you could take that question and if you were opposed it to different people, as you said, there would be many interpretations of that. Right. Almost to the point where I might suggest to you that uh, you you could almost develop a, a small psychological profile on somebody if you were to ask, what does legacy mean to you? Yeah. Right. To some, it could be, you know, wealth, fame. Right. You, it's my family, the impression that I have left on others that I've come in into contact with. And for me, the reason why I brought that up um, that is I was sort of facing a crossroads in my life at that time, at that very moment, I sent that to you. And I was thinking of my own sort of mortality, my own, um, those impressions I've left upon those in my life. Right. Uh, and in different stages throughout my life right because at any point you may not exist yeah right? it could happen at any point mm-hmm. and the person that you are in that moment or sorry the last time that someone had in contact with you is potentially how what your legacy will be yeah to that individual anyway and and in lessons to my own children talking about their grandparents and my grandparents and my parents' grandparents, that I would say after a couple of generations, I can't tell you anything. Now history and record keeping today are a lot better than they were there. Mm-hmm. We can still get access to, you know, attestation papers now from mm-hmm. world war one. Um, and that is an historical document of which in the absence of anything else, we, we, create that legacy of that person in our mind because yeah. we don't know much about them. We're fortunate this day and you know as we you know stream this live to anyone who wants to listen to it um we have the opportunity to create legacy in a totally different way. Our children and our children's children and you know as long as servers keep running and disks keep holding information Will know so much information about their great, 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 great grandparents if they wanted right. to access it. So that's was part of why that topic started interest me in this day in this digital age. How, in the knowledge of that, does does that even like what were or what would our legacy be to our great great grandkids? What are we leaving? You know, ingest. You know, you could. You've seen the memes of, you know, what our great great grandchildren might find of us, and and how silly it could potentially be. You know, you do remember, you know, some of those crazy social media um, uh, challenges. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, even in this podcast, in a way, right? We're going to send this out someone in our distant future have an opportunity to listen to us and pass their judgments. It's like our footprint. Our foot. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, And make determinations about us just by how we're speaking right Mm now. Now I know it might be a little too deep and a bit into the weeds and, and, and not uh, what is affecting us today. And right now those, those are tomorrow problems. Mm -hmm. Right. So I thought I'd just bring it right back down and just ask you a question about how why you decided to serve. Because you know, this is a podcast for veterans yeah. and first responders. So to bring it right back down to, to bring it to bring it real and talk about why people like us with a heart of service decide to do that. Because I would suggest to you that despite that you may have had to pay the bills, that at some point. This legacy, this thought, um, even though you're a small piece of a puzzle, your name is forever written in the archives of your country. It will always be there. Those four tours of duty that you did, your name was sent up somewhere, right? So there is legacy there, Mm -hmm. right? So when you first decided to join and go into service, did you ever contemplate your future when it came to that? Were you going to go over and get a purple heart and a medal of honor or were you content? Well,
1: I thought this not, is a real question. This because... is a real question. This is a deep question. This <laughs> yeah. is a, And this isn't, I don't want this to sound morbid, right? But I had the same kind of, uh, mentality that Lieutenant Dan from like Forrest Gump had. Yeah. Like when they were in Vietnam, he's like, my dad died in this war and his dad died <laughs> in that war and his dad died or his dad died in that war too. And I'm going to die in this one. Yep. You know, and he hated Gump for saving his life and that kind of thing. Um, you know, I don't want to say like when I joined the army that I had that, that kind of mentality. But when I found out about my first deployment, I didn't anticipate coming back. Right. right but I was okay with not coming back because there was something that, um, like it would have been for something, you know what I mean? Like it wouldn't have just been like a wasteless death in a car accident or right. anything like that. It would be like in the name of something bigger. Yes. Right. And I think that was probably the main driving factor of me joining, like just the fact that I, it's something bigger than me and I can contribute to something that I was so passionate about. So I, I was, I was very patriotic when I was younger. Right. And I still am, yeah. you know, like the star spangled banner, I get goosebumps and I get chills and I almost like, I don't want to say I cry, but like, I almost like get that little tear building up get in a the eye. Flutter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, when that happened, like, just when I hear that, it just, mm, it just gets me. Right. Yeah. And being able to say that, um, now this this might sound a little bad, but being able to have the ability to say I did X, right, or I you know I did four deployments, right, right, it gave me something to look forward to, um, like that I can say I did something with my life because then, growing up there like too many people were doing bullshit, they were getting in trouble for bullshit, and they weren't amounting to anything, right, right. And I was like, man, I, I got to I gotta get out of this place. That's for sure. And I got to do something with my life. All right, fucking army, here we go. Like, yep. let's see. And it started a job fair. Like, out yep. <laughs> of high school. Um, I dropped out of high school. And um, my mom was like, well, you're going to be working. You ain't just going to stay at home if you ain't going to school. Yep. So I went to the job fair. She made me go. Is that how she sounds? Uh No no okay no 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 i Uh, bet she's a sweetheart (laughs) well okay (laughs) no she is is. uh so anyway like i went to this job fair and i was like i want to be a a pilot right me too (laughs) and they're like you can be a helicopter pilot i'm like cool sign me up i want to be well you got to do this first and then you can you know transition to be a pilot later on in a career that's called a warrant officer i was like oh. So I got to do like regular stuff first. And they're like, yeah, I was like, ah, oh, this sucks. Okay. <laughs> All right. I want to be a helicopter mechanic. Great. Cool. You got to sign a six year contract. All right. Yeah, I'm down. And they're like, oh, well you won't ship out for 16 weeks. And I was like, ah, oh, no, I need to leave. Like, like tomorrow. <laughs> like, what can we, I can see where this is going. <laughs> what can you get me to do? <laughs> they're like, you can always be infantry. And I'm like, nope, I'm not that dumb. No way. I am not. Mm-mm. I'm not going to be a bullet sponge. And, um, and then uh, they're like, what, what about a, you want to be a helicopter mechanic? What about like a Humvee mechanic? And I was like, yeah, cool. And they assign me They They, uh, they say, well, we got a slot open for a track mechanic. I'm like, great, cool. Sign me up. And uh, so I went to the station, did all the paperwork and the physical and all that stuff. And the rest is history. Like it, it, I don't know. It was. You know, you know, a lot of those stories where it's like, I just had to get out of where I was. Yeah, I guess it was something like that. And the army was the easy way to like, it was the easiest way to accomplish what I wanted or what I thought I needed in my life. And um, but at the same time, it gave me something um, to work for. Right. Right. And not just a meaningless like nine to five or whatever at McDonald's.
0: You know, you know what I mean? No, I absolutely do. And it it brings, it's an awesome segue, despite the fact that we had no discussion about where I was <laughs> going to take this. Um, to, to build on this so that, you know, you know, people sort of understand where I'm going, right? Yeah. With, you know, with, with a lot, often when I said in that moment, when I asked you about doing this, that I was sort of facing my, my own crossroads on a different, a bunch of different things. And when I d- went into that subject and I started looking around and I'm like, well, how do I now build a different type of legacy? A chapter in my life is closed. A new one is on the horizon. Looking at that from a positive point of view, being an individual with an, with a, a operational stress injury Mm -hmm. and trying to build on that journey to create new success. Uh, for wh- whatever that direction ends up being, yeah. And what I'm getting right now is, when you decided to go into the into the army, myself included, what was it that we were looking for? It was a purpose. Yep. Right. Which is, you know, building into that uh, one of those great steps to creating a legacy. And I don't. There's such a negative word actually. Maybe we what can legacy? press pause. Yeah, I don't know. I think of it as that when I when it it ranks up as, as sort of a, a an egotistical word for me when yeah. people bring it up. Like probably that's why I asked you. Like when I first said that, what what did you think? Like, and maybe that's that's on me. May I don't I don't see it as a as a bad thing. You say like, well, what's your legacy? Or you know, it just it almost seems like a, a pumping of the tires and a, a chest pumping word. Right, you I know? can see where you get that. Maybe that's you know. I think it's maybe like how my it's, psychological. It's one profile. of those things like how you say it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like you all and y'all.
1: Yeah. Something like that. Like you know, um, when you when you say you know what kind of legacy are you leaving behind? Yeah. Right. Uh, as opposed to, you know, what's your legacy? Right. You know, that's it's two different. Like it's, to me, it sounds like two different things. What's your legacy? Or you just say legacy, right? Yeah. Like that sounds like a dick thing. Is that how I say it? No, (laughs) no, no. no. But I mean, like just the word, just saying the word by itself. Yeah. Right. As opposed to like the question, what is your legacy? Right. Right. And.
0: I I, think sometimes too, that, you know, when people go off in search of that direction, what will it will end up inevitably mm -hmm. being their legacy should they create relationships along the way for people to remember them. Right. Is not always do people pick what they're actually good at to create that lasting impression. Right. Right. And you know, we've brought this many times into our conversations, but that of leadership. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we can have great leaders, terrible leaders, you know, ones that get the job done, but you know, don't necessarily excel or um or Create a negative impression on an institution, so I think that's important too. When when you're you know trying to seek that purpose and and develop, um, what will eventually be your legacy is that you know you do it within your skill set, do it within what you're good at. Yeah, which a lot of us have a, a really hard time on really finding our niche. You know, there's um, what is it um.
1: Steve Harvey. Yes. Do you ever listen to a lot of, do you ever listen to
0: like Steve Harvey, like talk about like real stuff, like his motivational stuff? You know what? I haven't. Cause I don't know if I look at him, his, his legacy for me is not that type of material. Right. Yeah. So he, he has this, this big
1: thing that's, that he talks about and he's like, man, and, and I'm not a religious person. I have to put that out there before I say what I'm about to say. <laughs> okay. But he was, he would say, you know, God's got a purpose for everybody. You know, if your purpose is washing cars, you get good at washing cars. If your purpose is making hamburgers, you're going to make the best damn hamburger in the world. You're going to run your own restaurant, and that's the hamburger you're going to sell, right? And he said, you can't take one person's um, skill and look down on them for it, right? Um, Because every single person, uh, God has given them some kind of talent or ability uh to thrive, right? Yeah. And and a purpose like they just have their own purpose on this earth, right? Whatever that is. And um he was talking about how he had a, a friend of his start his own um mobile car washing business. Right. He yeah. said he really enjoyed detailing cars. And so he started his own mobile car washing business. And next thing you know, he's got like 70 trucks and he doesn't even have to work anymore. And he's raking in half a million dollars in profit a month from all these trucks.
0: Wow. That's incredible.
1: And he's like, so don't discredit somebody's like skills or passion just because you don't think it's going to go anywhere. It's up to them to make it go somewhere. Yeah. Right. And we all get help along the way and we all
0: run into problems along the way and then we figure them out. Yeah. I and mean, how important is that when you mentioned, you know, passion, you know, it's, it's so much, uh, not, Easier is not necessarily the right word, but it's, there's less effort. There's less, um, mental effort. Yeah. When you pick your passion, Yep, because everything that you are doing becomes so natural in its progression and you can put all of that effort into positive. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, you know, bringing that, you know, back full circle to, to, to you know, those that control our life, Yep. you know, even the boss has a boss somewhere. Oh yeah. And, or a series of them that, you know, if you are into um, especially, you know, controlling people, right. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, if you're put in a position of, of power and authority is, is unlocking these things that we're talking about within your people you know, as a, as a true testament of leadership and helping build them their legacy too, right? Their success is your success Mm -hmm. is, is a firm belief I've always had in, in any approach I've had to, to leadership, right? Your, your people build you up and you build up your people. And the biggest issue I think for some is sort of figuring out not only what that passion is, but how to see it through. Yep. And, I, and that's why I, I say, you know, those that are, are put in other people's lives and have some influence or authority over them that really try to figure that out for people. And I don't think that should end like just laterally or below. Right. Right. And we have a, a hard time looking at even, the, and I'll use air quotes, most important person in the room and assuming that they've achieved everything, that they've lived up to their greatest potential and that they deserve no praise, no accolades, uh, and, and granted, no even constructive criticism. Yeah. Right. Um, and there's a quote and I wish I could remember who said it. Um, and you'll see it all over, especially soldiers, Facebook pages and otherwise that, um that if your troops come stop coming to you with their problems, then you failed, yep, at your job as a leader. so if your inbox is silent, then perhaps maybe it's time to look at the way you're you're approaching your subordinates, yeah, you know
1: I want to see who that who did that. Oh, okay. When your troops start coming to you, that's the first thing that pops up on there. Well, because
0: it's true. Colin Powell.
1: Powell. Yep, Colin Powell.
0: Well, there you go. One of yours.
1: The day soldiers stop bringing you their problems is the day you have stopped leading them. They have either lost confidence that you can help them or concluded that you do not care.
0: Imagine that. That's fucking crazy. Yeah.
1: Sorry, I didn't mean to... But I just... It was bugging me. No. You know know what?
0: That's (laughs) even... the more complete is is certainly more powerful. So and, I, oh yeah sorry. Sorry.
1: go ahead man. Uh no I had a another leader of mine um he said something very very similar to it and um it was it, it's more on the family dynamic of you know the troops that you have like we're all family yep. right everybody has our issues and that kind of thing and but if I treat you Like a lower being. Yeah. Right. Like not worthy of my standard. Right. Then we can't grow. Right. And you're not going to bring me anything to help you with. And I'm not actually leading. Right. Um, He said that the real leader is the one that develops the soldier outside of just the army like in yeah. life in general.
0: Yeah. Right. You know what um you know how is how important is that especially when you're building you know soldiers. Yeah. That you know the the life of a soldier naturally or unnaturally is not very long. Yeah. When you put you know <laughs> yeah. the the and I I don't uh I don't want to assume necessarily that you don't have any injuries, but I'm sure you have a back injury or, you know, something that ails you every day other than your mind. Yeah. Right. And, you know, being a soldier or a first responder comes with all sorts of that, Mm -hmm. that how important Mm -hmm. is it to be able to mentor those people, give them the benefit of having a great future through the skills that you're going to give them both, in their mind and in their hands uh, for a successful life outside of this, right? Yep. And that leads into um, making sure that everybody after you can continue to do that great work, right? When you're looking, looking at the military or anybody in first response is, you know, we didn't get there, we didn't get where we are now. In the past five years, this is generations and generations of people doing similar jobs and evolving mm-hmm. to be able to bring us where we are here today. And I think we need to be continually evolving ourselves as you know critical thinkers when it comes to this, um, and building the best product for our future—the ones that are going to take over our our legacy. So, I got a
1: question for you.
0: Yeah. So I got a question. Yes. What's the question? Now,
1: with this legacy, what do you think our generation's legacy, how do you think it's been impacted with with the aspect of leadership? Do you think it's because of other experiences that other leaders have, do you think it's it's given us an advantage? to be better leaders than previous ones? Because we know more about that.
0: Oh, geez, you're opening a can of worms. Or do you
1: think that it's <laughs> basically on like a personal level where you, it's, it's not one of those things like you can become better at being a leader, but you either are, or you're not,
0: you know what? I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you. No, uh, no, it's, it's, a I, question, I you think, think, you know, I remember when, in some of the infancy of any leadership training as an NCM, not that there was a whole lot of opportunity for like philosophical discussion Mm -hmm. when you're getting yelled at and ran everywhere and going through recce and stuff. But, um, you know, in the academic portion of it there, we did bring up like, are you, are you born a leader? Mm -hmm. Is it, is it something that's natural or can you grow one? I think you can. I, I think you
1: can, right? So what I, what I was getting at is, do you think that our history, like yeah. the history that we know of, right? Do you think that people over time have just generally become better leaders in a whole? Or do you think we're all struggling against the same issues now oh. that they were Okay. like, are we running into the same roadblocks, even though that guy ran into it a hundred years ago and we still haven't figured out how to solve it?
0: Yes, I... I think so. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm I'm reading a, a book right now, and I don't. It's uh, it's really had my eyes open up to a lot of aspects of leadership. And he's he was an American captain. Okay. And it's called "It's Your Ship." If anyone is interested in any leadership reading, uh, I really suggest you you take a read of this. Even I've only. A few chapters in, okay, and it's it's just amazing what I'm learning from this gentleman, and more from the context that he was captain of this this destroyer in the late '90s. Okay, and he talks about some of the leadership applications that he put into play on his ship that were scowled at, scoffed at by his uh, by his um, peers. Right, right, And he throws out this concept of this isn't your father's Navy anymore. And to me, before he got into that, it, it hit me right away. Because I think right from when I started that course, that junior leadership course, mm-hmm. by the end of it, and I, I think I've brought this up before, is all I learned through that entire thing was how not to treat people. Right. Right back. And I could take that concept that this isn't your father's Navy, that this isn't your father's army anymore either. Right. Right. The expectations of the soldiers coming in now, an evolution of whatever, Mm -hmm. is they're not into the stuff that used to motivate troops. The soldiers coming in now have master's degrees they are educated people. They they weren't all from the serfdom and they want better treatment. Right. This isn't, you know, the way that we used to fight wars where we took the poor, threw them into battle to fight for the rich. Like in this especially in Canada. With the complete volunteer um, military, you have all people from all walks of life that come in with all different upbringings and family, and they're put into all different ranks, oh, yeah, from officers to privates right i I've had interactions with corporals with doctorates. that's right? insane, and they're there slugging it out, making you know corporal pay. Yeah. For the pure love of what they're doing and the love of their country and the people around them. So, I, yes, I do think that a lot needs to change in the way we deal with people. And there are still a lot of carryover in how we treat others based upon the lessons of the people that came before us. And that's no fault necessarily to our own, other than that we decide to be ignorant to new ideas yeah, and where potentially legacy takes on more ego than true passing on of, of future generations. And
1: that's where I think legacy might be that chest pumping or chest pounding
0: word for you. Yeah. Right. My, my observance in that and in, in other people, right. Trying to empire, empire, build or build a legacy uh, at the detriment of, of their troops potentially or of their business or of their section. Um, and, you know, as, as a mental health advocate myself, hearing the fallout of that, you know, I'm only getting right. one story when I do granted, I understand yeah. that, but even if 25% of it was true, it would still be awful. Yeah. And, well, I mean,
1: it's, it's kind of like um, in the civilian side, it's kind of like the, the ladder climbers of the the business world right and um so there's one in the industry that i'm working in right now where you know worked for this company for this long made it to this rank lateral over to another company with a little bit of a promotion moved up that ladder moved over to a different company moved up that ladder move over and I mean, so the time of of working somewhere for 15 20 years is gone and no, i think that's, right. that's where a lot of this legacy issue or leader issue maybe um it comes into play because the, like, it's not your father's army, you know, you don't have like, yes, you still do have some of the grumpy old Sergeant majors and stuff like that. And you walk by and you're like, Hey, good morning. And they're like, oh, the fuck do you know what kind of morning this is? Right. <laughs> right. Like from we were soldiers. Yeah. So, I mean, like, like you're not running into that anymore, you know? I mean, yes, there's people that have been in the military. Uh, there's still going to be people that have been in the military for 15, 20 years, but their mindset isn't the same as the other, the guy 40 years ago that was in for 20 years, right? And it, I, it is because of this culture that's growing up and the way that, you know, the digital world has grown and we can go into that whole, yeah. you know, that rabbit hole another time. But um, I do think that, um, you know, I think we've learned some problems from the past when it comes to just leadership in general. I mean, if you, if you look at it, the militaries have been around for thousands of, as soon as we could throw rocks, we were
0: doing it. So,
1: so, I mean, I'm pretty sure we're supposed to have this like thing perfected by now. Right. Like we, I feel like we should. Well, (laughs) you you know know what I (laughs) I
0: do? I, I do believe that if it came out, if it came out to, those life or death situations. I do believe that there, there is intrinsic, intrinsic leadership there within almost all of us that are able to face danger. uh, And working as a group with, with, you know, you may not be the best fighting force, but I think there would be when push came to shove, there would be enough cohesion in a unit. I hope to get through the worst of it. Yeah. But we're not, you know, thank goodness we're not there. And, you know, uh, branches of the military, we we exist and we are paid for not necessarily what we do, but what we might have to do. Yeah. And when that time comes, right. So in between, we are we are exercising, right. We are keeping as close to the momentum of war as we can, without actually doing it. Mm-hmm. I think to have a, a, a people who are ready to have a, a readiness. A unit. That's the way it has there has to be still that momentum, that rhythm, yeah, but interjected in there is a lot of downtime, a, a, of course, no real serious threat to life or limb. So we have to lead from that perspective as well. Yeah. we need to retain the people that we have, right with good leadership practices, encouraging um. Because you know, no matter what policy says, and this is—I got this from uh, Captain Abrashoff's book—is if someone has a better idea, right? If we—if your leadership does not foster decent ideas, Mm -hmm. then we will continue to repeat the mistakes that we have been making, right? And we may be costing, of course, more money right right if you look at it from an organizational perspective yep and we are destroying potential leaders because if they are not supported they are not going to bring those ideas up but then if they bring up an idea if they're brave enough to do that and it's a good idea if the policy says that it doesn't work but it's still a good idea investigate it right right and and encourage your people to do well not only for for you, but for what you're representing and I, and that is that's the title of this book it's your ship is he's telling his uh, his, uh, his crew, this isn't mine. This vessel that we're on is not mine. it you are a piece of it. right So treat it as if it is your own right And he ended up taking the worst performing ship in the Navy to the most highest performing by just treating his people right that's amazing. Yeah. So there's,
1: uh, Simon Sinek, Do you know, you know, who Simon Sinek. I think is, right? do, yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people do, but he said that if you're as a leader, you always want to be last to speak. Right. That's what he says. And he said that because you don't want to come in to a, a meeting and say, this is the problem. Here's how we're going to solve it. Make it happen. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not what, that's not what a good leader is gonna do. A good leader is gonna come in and say, here's the problem, what are your thoughts? Right. Because, you know, you're not your way isn't always the right way. Yeah, you're not the master of all. Yeah. Okay. And if you if you listen to some like if you hear these other ideas, there could be something that's way better than what you're thinking because you've had this one mindset the like you've never thought about it a different way look at
0: you, Skip, you're just, these are like points right out of this gentleman's book and you've never even heard of it till today. (laughs) He, He uses a term called listen aggressively. Yeah. Right. Like truly take in what your, your people are saying. And if it, if it makes sense, right. That's what you're paying these people for. Yeah. Right. Is to be there as yes, there's a hierarchy, but also hopefully to be a partner in your success. Right. So if someone comes to you with an idea and you're dismissive just based on position, you're never you're not going to climb to the top of anything. You're yep. going to maintain the status quo. You're going to go to your meetings, you know, with people that are like you that may not be listening to their subordinates either. And you're, you know, you're just going to coast. There was
1: a, a a mentor that I had that always said, um, never worry about The end result, right? Or he said he used money. Don't worry about the money. Yep. Worry about the people and the money will come. Right. Right. And this is because this is in sales, right? Don't worry about, don't focus on the dollar. If you chase a dollar, you're always chasing a dollar. You're never going to get the dollar you want. Right. But if you focus on the people that you have and making those people better,
0: then you'll get that dollar and it'll just come, it'll come at you right sales proficiency yeah they any metric mm-hmm. uh, if you because you know robot robots are not doing everything yet right and skynet you, is not launched exactly you can't do it all like let's talk about the captain
1: of the ship right the yeah. captain of the ship can't make that boat go from port to port just him right it, it can't happen right you know this guy's got to raise the sails. This guy's got to make sure uh, the food's prepped, right? These people got to row whenever there's no wind. You know, these people do the ro- I don't know all the positions of a fucking ship, but what? there's a lot of positions of a ship, <laughs> right? And uh, so anyway, like, it's not a one-man job to move this giant boat. And it's like yeah. that with any company, any, any platoon or any squad, right? Like, that one person can't do it all themselves or all these other people wouldn't be there, Period. Right? right. Like they just wouldn't. It, it's like um like Sylvester Stallone in um in Demolition Man. Well, that's a he's a one-man army, he can do it all. Well, yeah. yeah, that's why they sent him in there and not like <laughs> thirty-five others with him. Yeah.
0: You know what? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it talking about both of those, like looking at it from you know, a military perspective on how you know leadership in the military has evolved from war. Yep. And how leadership from a business perspective, although many similarities, right? Looking at it from okay, we we need to make money. How do we make money? Well, w- let's start with the people. Whether it's your own employees or the people that you're trying to make money from, right? You need to approach those people with kindness. Yep, right? Um, you can imagine if you are trying to make a sale and you're a total doucher, right? They're just going to go to the next guy. Yep. And that that's happening in industry. That's happening in the military. There's a huge crisis right now. Um, a report released just to, it might even just been yesterday or the day before on on the crisis, uh, HR crisis. Right. It's a true story. It's released oh, wow. by by the the military and how they're going to change. And focus on that issue at hand right now versus other things that may have been waiting to happen. Um, cutting down on ceremonies and and change of command parades and and the like. I, I don't have it in front of me to reference it uh, word but for just, word. Yeah, okay, um, but it's it's out there. It's it's public now what they're facing. Um, so how I think the military sees it too. We have to focus on the people. Yeah. Right. And I think that's that's the way forward right now hmm. in not our father or mother's army.
1: Well, you're right. Because, I mean, you got to change from a garrison army to a deployment army. Does that make yes that makes sense? Yes. There's when it ha- when it needs to be done. They even they have they have it as a soldier base, right? Like you have your garrison soldier and your deployment soldier. The garrison soldier is the one that's great at being in the right uniform, at the right time, clean shaven, polished boots and all that. And the deployment soldier is the one that's gonna be able to like cover your fucking ass. Yeah. Right? And be able to pull the trigger when it needs to happen and all that stuff but he's not always clean and this and that. And that guy that's always clean shaven is the one that's going to choke his ass out trying to pull the trigger when a truck is like barreling at him. Right. Yeah. Or whatever the scenario is. So, I mean, there we're in a spot and we're in a transition with the environment that we're like the world's in right now where everything needs to transition from the garrison to the war. Yeah. Like to the battle, uh, battle focused military as opposed to yeah we're gonna do all these gears or all these parades and all these change of command ceremonies and this and that don't get me wrong i loved going to them and being in like the parade part of it right
0: yeah i've had some great memories from parades
1: and like laughing at the people that fall out (laughs) because they didn't or they locked their knees for too long or whatever um but i don't think it's a useful tool to determine whether this company is going to hold the line or not.
0: No, you know what I mean? No, I absolutely do that. uh, As, as awesome as they can be to go see, they can have a a morale boosting effect if done properly. Although, you know, one in 10 is, is done with some sort of reward when others, it's just misery, right? It's a show for somebody typically. Because most of us when we graduate might be just keen to, yeah, here, I'll walk up and you can give me my thing, but yeah. I don't necessarily need a parade.
1: It all it drove me nuts. I was at a three star generals promotion ceremony, and I was never more pissed off, I, I think over some over just something so dumb, right? Because
0: I mean, this guy had thousands of people on a parade field. Okay, so I'm just going to cut you off right there because I'm going to... Do you think you were the only one pissed off? No. Of course not. So I just wanted to illustrate that point. So this parade's occurring. Yeah. Skip is a bit pissed off, and there's a 1,000 people on parade. How many of those people do you think are pissed off for the benefit of how many people? We'll just say seven. Well,
1: 700 of them are pissed off. For
0: one person? For
1: this one fucking guy to get his rocks off, I'm like, yeah, that's right. You all salute me as I stand in the back of this Humvee, and it drives me past you. Yeah. Like... Dude, you put your pants on the same fucking way I do in the morning, man. You bleed red just like I do. You're going to die if I stab you in the chest. I'll die if you stab me in the chest. We're the fucking same thing. Yeah. Like, get over yourself.
0: Yeah. Results, not salutes. Oh, man. I was so... like. That's another thing from that book. Is it? Yeah. Results, not salutes. God, it just you sure you haven't read that? Yeah, 100%. (laughs) I know I haven't read it. Uh, Anyway. So, uh, we can conclude it here, if you're good. Yeah, man. Just I mean, it, you know, just recap on oh. on uh you know, this concept of legacy and, you know, that it's not a negative thing. No. Right? It's I think it's important um you know, for us to see that in our purpose, right? As we move forward in kindness, I hope to everyone else. Um you know, honestly, that's what I hope my legacy is that when I'm gone that people remind are remembered for that. That's it that I was kind. Okay. If that's it, if that's all that I'm remembered for in my whole life, I'm good with that. Oh yeah, man. Right. And, you know, ins- inspire others, make them part of your legacy with their success. And, you know, just keep going out there and, and being awesome and, and giving back to your community. Right. Because ultimately every time you take a breath in, you have the opportunity to change yourself. Yep. Right. So, continue to to work on that, continue to go out there and, and just be hard chargers and, and be, you know, have that servant heart and, you know, what you, final thought from, from skip. Um, think about your impact.
1: Yeah. Like whenever you're making decisions, think about what impact that has. I love it. And that's it. Like it's, that's all it really is for me. Like, what is this impact going to have? What kind of um, domino effect or butterfly effect is this decision going to have?
0: It could be something that is so impactful or to others that you'll never know about. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, that might be a true legacy right there. Yeah. We can talk about that next time. Awesome.
1: Hell yeah.
0: Hopefully Sergeant Cruz is involved
1: uh probably we should get we need I wanted to, get him. to say his name
0: like twice i, <laughs> I <laughs> like there's twice and i just said a mentor right? awesome okay we need to get started for those of you this is your first time listening you're gonna i haven't even met sergeant cruz but we better get him on the phone one i'm day. gonna i'm gonna try i'm gonna try you promised that last time we'll see well i found my american phone okay all right